This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. And for Rob Hart, I'm Jim Goodis. We'll take a look at some really cool gadgets premiering this week at CES. That's in our next segment. But first, let's talk about the Federal Reserve, which has been aggressively trying to slow down the economy, both on the housing and labor fronts. And joining us to talk about that, David Jones the chairman of DMJ Advisors and author of the book Understanding Central Banking. So, David, your thoughts on what the Fed's trying to do here to uh, kind of keep the economy in check, as it were? Well, I think in the numbers that came out today, the Fed will be looking most closely at that job openings number. Uh, That labor market is still strong, and I think that will cause the Fed to realize they still have more work to do on a tightening direction. Uh, That, perhaps, for the market is the bad news. The good news is that we've seen some improvement on the inflation side. At least it looks like we peaked on price pressure around mid-year last year. So that's good news. Um, And uh, I think what the Fed can do, the Fed had three things in mind. How fast do they tighten or raise rates? Uh, how much do they raise rates and how long do they keep them there, at least in terms of how fast they tighten? I think the Fed can slow down a little bit. Remember, through November of last year, they were going up at three-quarters of a percentage point per meeting. Uh, then in December, they went up half a percentage point at the meeting. I think they can slow down to a quarter of a percentage point at the upcoming meetings in the new year. Maybe by mid-year we'll be somewhere around 5 or 5.5% in terms of that Fed target rate. So it means the Fed's going to keep at it in their fight against inflation. David, what do those job numbers, that 10.5 million job openings that was more than expected in November, what does that tell you about the economy? Well, it tells us we're staying out of recession. Many people in the markets have been looking for this recession, and the labor market tells me that there's not the slightest sign of a recession. Um, And I think perhaps this job market strength will continue into the new year. Um, Gradually, we should see some slowing and perhaps some modest increase in the unemployment rate, some slower in the rate of jobs growth, and some Uh, modest increase in the unemployment rate. But all things considered, I think the Fed is watching jobs very closely. Uh, That's partly because um, inflation, while it's probably has peaked out around mid-year, is still sticky, and it's particularly in the services industry, and that is where wages have a big part to play, and that's why the Fed is watching the jobs market so closely. So the bottom line is, 
the Fed can slow down in those tightening steps, but they're by no means ended. David, let's switch to housing. What's the Fed's concern there? Well, it's clear that the biggest hit of tighter money and higher interest rates has been in that housing sector. It's been hammered down. Uh, of course, we had a boom going when in, when interest rates were both virtually zero. Uh, cheap credit, uh, always it's good for housing. But clearly when the Fed began to raise rates and make credit more expensive, housing has taken a nosedive. But I think the Fed's willing to recognize that as part of the damage done when they have to raise interest rates. They're, they they expected that uh, decline in housing. So uh, that sector is just going to take it on the chin. That's David Jones, the chairman of DMJ Advisors out of Denver and author of the book Understanding Central Banking. David, always great to turn to you when we need to get a better perspective of what's going on with the Fed and the rest of the central banking community. Coming up, we get a preview live from the floor of the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. Cash, credit, debit, and totally free. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The Consumer Electronics Show kicks off this week in Las Vegas. Remember when it was here in Chicago? Joining us with a preview of some really cool technology is Jennifer Jolly, the tech life columnist for USA Today and founder and editor-in-chief of Techish.com. She is live on the floor of CES. Wow, Jennifer, that is cool. So let's just get to it. What's the cool stuff you're seeing? Well, for the most Jetsons-like thing that I've seen so far, Nourished and Neutrogena Skin 360 Skin Stacks. This shows the latest digital health and beauty tech it's the first on-demand 3d printed personalized skin health supplement you use an app to assess your skin via selfie you answer a few questions then the ai works its magic you get customized gummies that are said to help your skin from the inside out it came out yesterday runs about fifty dollars for a month's supply and you can't help but look at it and think okay, someday this is what we'll eat in, you know, in place of dinner. It's incredible. Wow. And there's just, and it's amazing because I think what people think of initially when they think of tech, they're thinking of computers or phones or tablets or something, but it's really a lot of what our lives are going to look like in the near and long-term future. That's really being previewed here at CES. What else have you seen in there? That's cool. Well, I would say smart home technology is one of the top three uh, most relevant trends here this year. And what we're seeing is less smart home stuff just to, you know, connect us with a light bulb or a speaker system. A company called SkyX Platforms just unveiled a SkyPlug smart lighting base. Why this is important and why this is cool it can transform any existing light or ceiling fan into a smart fixture. It's compatible across platforms. You can set it up with an app on your smartphone, and that will add voice control scheduling, eco-energy saving mode, color-changing nightlights, and more. This is expected in March for around $120. So we're seeing a lot of companies say, how do we take what we already have and make it work better for us? And that includes in the realm of security and privacy. So, Jen, what you're seeing at CES, what is that telling you about what we can expect in terms of the future of tech? Well, right now, half of the country is going through epic winter storms. 
one of uh, the gadgets that caught my eye, the Geniverse Home Power 2 Pro Solar Generator. This is a gadget that's out now. No fumes, no noise, can charge all everything in your home, your Wi-Fi, your medical devices, most appliances, runs your fridge for 35 hours on a single charge. It's fairly small. You can actually charge it up with solar panels. This you can buy now. So gone are the days that we really focused on sort of jaw-dropping, OMG, futuristic, crazy things. And now we're seeing what we really need to make a difference in our lives. Okay, I have to ask you, Jennifer, because at CES, there's a lot of cool stuff. And every once in a while, you come across something like, really? So is there anything there that just was kind of like, oh, the, the clunker of the show so far or something that just kind of made you laugh as you saw it? I haven't seen any massive clunkers. There was a new device uh, by Withings, uh, which is a wonderfully uh, connected health company. I've seen some really great stuff out of that company, but they had a uh, toilet sensor it like a little kind of small hand-sized sensor that you put inside your toilet bowl to analyze your urine there's always some touch of toilet tech here uh i just wanted to do nothing but make fun of it but you know if you're looking at reproductive health it can be really helpful diabetes you know that kind of test can tell you a lot about your body and and what you're doing right and wrong and having that kind of thing in your home it could be a win flush with possibility. I don't know. I don't know. That's Jennifer Jolly. Great to have her at CES because she's going to make sure we know what's cool. And even if something doesn't seem cool, she's going to tell us why it very well might be cool. She's the Tech Life columnist for USA Today and founder and editor-in-chief of Techish.com. Again, she was live from the floor at CES in Las Vegas. Up next, General Motors reclaims its U.S. sales crowd. Cashing in with conversation, the WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. General Motors, now again America's top automaker. And joining us with details is Jeff Gilbert, the CBS Auto Reporter, who also is joining us live from the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. So, Jeff, how did GM regain the crown as number one? It's all about computer chips. So that's how they lost the crown last year, because, or I think actually the year before last, 2021, because they were kind of in chip crisis mode in 21. Well, Toyota jumped into the number one spot in 2021, and they went into computer chip crisis mode in 22. So in the past year, Toyota sales dropped about 10%. GM sales rebounded 2.5%, and GM reclaimed its crown. Jeff, how did GM manage to improve its computer chip supply as many others, including Toyota, had difficulties? Yeah, it's all about timing. Uh, GM kind of went into the crisis first because of essentially what their supply chain was. So, so they got through this, whereas Toyota had some pretty big inventories of chips going into this, and, and they went through those chips, and some of their suppliers started having problems in 2022. So it, it, it strictly is timing. It's not anything anybody did. And Toyota all along was saying, hey, it's great that we're number one, but we know it's kind of a blip, and we know it's not going to last, and we don't really care about that. We just care about selling a lot of cars and making a lot of money. Well, talking about cars and vehicles, there are a lot of cool things that are automotive-related at CES. What are you seeing, Jeff? You know, today is press conference day, and this is where they talk about some of the interesting innovations. Here's one thing that is cool 
but also warm for those of us who live in cold weather climes, climates. How about heated seat belts? You know, we've got heated steering wheels, heated seats. It's, they say it's kind of like putting a blanket in front of you. Helps with comfort and also with electric vehicles, it would help kind of keep that temperature down. And we're also going to see a lot of electric vehicle unveilings here at CES. What is the uh, feeling about EVs at CES? What are you seeing there that gives you an indication of what we're looking at in terms of the short and long-term future for EVs? Yeah, the big competition right now in EVs is pickup trucks. The Ford F-150 Lightning is on the market. The Chevy Silverado pickup was unveiled at last year's CES. It'll be on the market soon. And tomorrow they'll unveil the Ram pickup. Why are pickups so important? Well, these are for fleets. Because in a fleet situation, you don't have people traveling long distances, and you have the ability to recharge regularly. So that takes away some of the downsides of EVs. That's Jeff Gilbert, the CBS Auto Reporter, who joined us live from the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. I imagine Jeff might be ordering one of those heated seatbelts. And still ahead in Personal Finance Wednesday, teaching your children how to become investors. Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer, a beach bum summer, or a wake-me-when-the-sun-set summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door, in as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. This is Chicago's News Traffic and Weather Station, News Radio 105.9. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. And for Rob Hart, I'm Jim Goodis. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. It appears Kevin McCarthy has lost a fourth vote for Speaker of the House. Indiana police have released body cam footage from two encounters with the alleged Idaho killer on his way home to Pennsylvania last month. A wealth advisor fills us in on why you should introduce your little ones to the idea of investing. And securing your personal data online can be essential to your financial well-being. An author and podcast host has some tips. Right now on Wall Street, the Dow's up 190 points, the S&P 500 ahead by 39, and the NASDAQ is up nearly 100 points. AccuWeather says we are going to have off and on drizzle today, as we see an occasional snowflake, but no accumulation. High of 39 this afternoon, down to 32 tonight. Tomorrow, we'll have a high of 34, and that's when the snow showers could coat the ground in places. Right now, it's 36 in Romeoville, 37 along the lakefront, 37 at Midway. It's cloudy and 37 at O'Hare at 1231. Representative Kevin McCarthy has lost a fourth consecutive vote for House Speaker. Just moments ago, the voting concluded with McCarthy getting 201 votes, 16 short of the votes he needs to become the next Speaker. McCarthy fared no better than he had in three votes yesterday when 20 fellow Republicans rejected his bid. Former President Donald Trump vigorously renewed his support for McCarthy, but it made no difference. The chamber's most conservative members believe he's neither conservative enough nor tough enough to battle Democrats. The man now charged with the murders of four Idaho college students was stopped by police in Indiana twice 
while driving to Pennsylvania with his father last month. Body camera video released by Indiana State Police briefly shows Brian Koberger in the driver's seat, his father in the passenger seat, after Koberger was pulled over for following too close to a truck. He tells the trooper he was just pulled over minutes earlier. You got, you got stopped by a trooper? We, we don't have any SUVs. It was a county guy. Was it like a black SUV? This occurred on December 15th, a month after the murders. The description of the car, a white Hyundai Elantra, had not yet been released. Koberger was given a warning both times. He and his father continued on to Pennsylvania, where Koberger was later arrested. Mike Krauser, 105.9 WBBM. It's 12.33. Money conversation that pays a big dividend. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Stocks trading higher and joining us with the latest on what's moving Wall Street, Michael Palumbo, the founder of MJP Capital and author of the book Calculated Risk, based here in Chicago. So, Mike, first of all, your take on what's happening on Wall Street today and why. Well, good afternoon, Jim, and thanks again for having me on. You know, I think the last two days is going to be a good um, example of how the year is going to play out. We had a, a pretty big 1% plus down day yesterday. Now we're up 1% today. I think we're going to have a lot of volatility this year as things just start to, to pan out and we, we find out how, how much further the Fed is going to go with these rate hikes. Uh, I do think it ends with the S&P a little bit higher at the end of the year, but there's going to be a lot of volatility and investors need to get strap on the seatbelt because it's going to be it's going to be a bumpy ride. Before we talk about that, I just want to get your take on what's happening on Capitol Hill right now with all of the issues regarding the election of a speaker and does that have much of an influence right now on investors or is it just something I mean does it give them any reason for concern for example or is is it not really a big deal for them? Well, I don't think it's a big deal, but I will say one thing. What's happening on Capitol Hill is called democracy and uh you know, democracy isn't always clean and, and easy. Uh, that, that's, that's uh, you know, a dictatorship. So you want a dictatorship, you know, go to China, things are clean, and there's a ton of corruption. Not that there's no corruption here, but if you want, you know, democracy and, 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 and some form of fair play, um, you're going to have some sloppy things that are happening right now in, in Washington. And, and I think it's, it's healthy. That, that's, that's fine. Now, how does it affect stocks? Usually politics affects stocks much less than people think, and I think in this case is, is another great example of that, where it's not affecting the stock market, and, and investors are too smart to know that, that, that whoever the speaker is going to be is not going to be as relevant enough to, to affect the economy. Um, the economy is affected by entrepreneurs, by, by, by folks that create jobs. And that's not usually done by government. It's usually done by the private sector. So, you know, I'm not that concerned about it. Investors shouldn't be concerned about it. And this is just democracy in action. And, and, and democracy isn't always clean. You know, that's a great perspective on all of this. Let's turn to that volatility you talked about in the new year. And let's talk about what investors, what the strategy should be for investors when you think about what you're expecting 2023 to be. So we've pounded the table here and in other places, but definitely on, on BBM about being less invested in stocks 
over the last year than, than normal. And, and, and we've continued our allocation being a little bit less and just moving that allocation from stocks to cash because we believe there's a lot of opportunity and, and there is right now in stock picking. We think this year is going to be a huge stock pickers market as opposed to just holding indexes. That Nothing wrong with that strategy. But this year, if you can pick stocks well, you're going to do extremely well because there's a lot of really beaten down stocks. I call this the quality names that got hammered year. Um, there, there, there's some stocks that are down 20, 30%, but there's some really great names that are down 50, 60% from their highs that I think this is a year to be invested in some of those. And that includes some in the tech sector because this year you're going to see a bounce back in some of these names as the concern over inflation and the, and the concern over the Fed is going to ebb a little bit. And you're going to find that out at, at 1 o'clock today when the Fed minutes get released, so that's shortly. Uh, we're going to find out a little bit more about what Powell and the folks are thinking. But we do believe that interest rates are going to, are, are going to start coming down a little bit. That should be very good for stocks. Um, and, I, you know, we, we probably will see a, a mild recession this year, which is not good for stocks. But we do believe overall that the market is, is a buy here, and especially if you have a long time horizon. If you have a time horizon of 5 to 10 years, stocks are 20% off. This is exactly the time you should be buying. So uh, it's going to be volatile, but, but I do think at the end of the day it's, it's worth a buy right here. And this is exactly the time where we appreciate the advice and guidance from Michael Palumbo, the founder of MJP Capital and author of the book Calculated Risk, here in Chicago, thanks, Mike. Always oh, giving us some great perspective, especially as we look ahead to the new year and the political year as well. Up next on Personal Finance Wednesday, teaching kids the art of investing. An economy of words. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Securing personal information is essential to protect yourself from fraud. And here to talk about that is someone we always turn to when we want to keep you secure online. Adam Levin, the co-host of the podcast, What the Hack with Adam Levin and author of the book Swiped based in Nashville. So Adam, as we head into a new year, I imagine there's some maybe new, but probably some old advice to help us stay secure and keep our personal information safe, right? Your listeners. Yeah. The, the advice that I would give is, is really the same that we always give, which we call it the three M's. You have to minimize your risk of exposure. Uh, you have to monitor so you know if you have a problem. And you have to be able to manage the damage. And this means everything from password protocol or getting a password manager, using two-factor authentication so it's an extra layer of authenticating yourself. It's not clicking on links or opening attachments unless you know exactly who they're from. It's when you set up security questions and answers, lying like a superhero, because it's too easy for someone to find information that is accurate about you out online. And it means freezing your credit. Now, that's the first M. The second M, get your credit report, especially beginning of the year. See where you are. Make sure you understand what you did and what you didn't do. Uh, check your credit scores. Monitor them. You can get a program to monitor them. A sign up for transaction alerts with your financial institutions and, and credit card companies that notify you anytime there's activity in your account. And then manage the damage. A lot of people don't realize that through your insurance company, your financial institution, or now your employer, there are programs available to help you through an identity incident 
sometimes they're free as a perk of your relationship. Sometimes they're deeply discounted. So ask your insurance agent, your financial services rep, or your HR department, do you have a program to help me through an identity incident? Am I in it? If not, what do I need to do to get in it? And what's it going to cost? Adam, do a lot of people think, oh, I'm secure, I'm fine. And they just really, for whatever reason, because a lot of us aren't very tech savvy, don't realize just how vulnerable they are. Oh, no, people have this false sense of security oftentimes. And, you know, when we look in the mirror, we see ourselves. We figure, why would anyone want to come after me? The problem is that when a hacker or scammer or identity thief looks at you, they see Beyonce, Jay-Z, Adam Levine, because we have what they want. We have data, we have financial information, or we're the tributary to a larger river, which means it's not about us, but it's about our spouse, our child, the company we work, the organization we're affiliated with, the educational institution we attend. And so they will steal our information for the purpose of using us as the conduit to get into those institutions or those relationships. Adam, let's take a moment before we uh, end this segment just to make sure that everyone who's listening, what are the most important things they need to do in order to make sure that their online presence, their personal information, their finances, whatever it is, is as safe as possible online? Well, first take a privacy inventory, which means Google your name and see where it shows up and then see where you can remove that information, especially if they're data brokers and the like. The second thing is long and strong passwords or a password manager, two-factor authentication, and be really, really careful when you get anything that's an attachment or has a link in a communication, whether it's in a text or an email, know exactly where it's coming from before you click. And frankly, if it comes in a text or comes through a social media relationship, don't click on the link. That's Adam Levin, the co-host of the podcast, What the Hack with Adam Levin. That's one of my favorite podcast names, by the way. And author of the book, Swiped, he's based, based in Nashville. And hopefully we won't be saying what the hack when we get hacked if we listen to the advice Adam gives us. Conversation that's on the money. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's Personal Finance Wednesday, and joining us with advice on teaching kids about investing in stocks, Mark Horner, the wealth advisor at Fairhaven Wealth Management in Wheaton. And you'll want to check out his website, fairhavenwealth.com. So, Mark, why is it such a great idea to get kids thinking about and actually investing and as early as possible. Yeah, well, so the financial planner answer in me, Jim, is the power of compound interest. And so the power of time, uh, letting money, uh, giving money as much chance as it can to grow is a huge ally. And so the sooner we all get started in, uh, in, in investing, the, uh, the, the easier it can be to achieve our goals. And so uh, we started talking about money with our with our kids when they were in elementary school. So I don't think you can start you can start early enough. They will absolutely get the get the concepts. All right, you're not only a professional in this, but you're also experienced as a parent. So, how do you make it interesting for the kids? How do you make it maybe even fun so that they do get into it? That they do really want to learn about it and really get the skills they need. Well, first you sign them up for a two-hour-long webinar on the top. No, you don't. You don't. You don't do. You don't do that. You don't do that. Here, here's what we did, Jim. We we created basically an at-home 401k plan for our kids. 
So we said to them, whenever they get birthday money or money for Christmas or something like that, they, they've got uh, choices, two choices. One is to go ahead and spend the money, or if they put any amount of money into their savings account, mom and dad would match that dollar for dollar. So that sounds just like a, just like a 401k plan. And it was very interesting to listen to the, to the kids, again, as, as young as elementary school kids, have conversations with each other about, you know, what are you going to do? Are you going to go down to the popcorn shop and buy a bag of candy? But, but you know, mom's gonna, mom and dad are going to double the money if we put it into our savings account. And they completely get the idea of, uh, of a little delayed gratification by putting some money into the, into the savings account to get that bonus. And they ended up usually just, you know, kind of splitting the difference, spend some, invest some. And, and so it absolutely works. And then, and then phase two might be when you're driving through uh, McDonald's, Starbucks, uh, maybe the kids get into video games. That's an opportunity to talk about companies like Microsoft or McDonald's or Starbucks. These are not investment recommendations, but, but, uh, but a way for the kids to actually participate in the idea of being uh, being a stockholder in a company means that, hey, I get a little, I get a little share of every Happy Meal that I purchase, or when I buy something at Starbucks. And so, so really boiling it down to them so they can experience it for themselves and put their hands on the wheel, I think are key in in getting their getting their attention, and it will work. So, if you're a parent who wants to encourage your children to understand the importance of investing early on. Make sure you check out fairhavenwealth.com where Mark Horner will provide you with some information and ideas. And just, you know, don't worry about how much you have. Don't worry about how soon it is. You can't start soon enough, and you don't need to have a lot of money to do this. So, Mark, thanks so much. As always, appreciate your advice. And be sure again to check out his website at fairhavenwealth.com. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.